Welcome to the 361st episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on November 5th, 2023. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who's got no idea what time it is, Carlos Rodella. I think it's 2 o'clock. Maybe. Or is it? Wait, but why am I confused by the time? Because it's daylight savings. Oh, that's right, because I looked at my oven this morning, and I was like, that's not the right time. Yeah, it's daylight savings. I hate daylight savings. Everybody hates it. Don't know why we still have it. We should have gotten rid of it a million years ago. It's ridiculous that we still do this nonsense. Although that being said, it was weird because I went to go get my coffee this morning and it was lighter out than normal. I mean, yeah, because of the time or whatever. So you probably, you know, it's like last, last night, right? I went, I was trying to go to bed a little earlier than I usually do. Looked at the clock, brushed my teeth, got in bed and I look at the clock and it's like an hour earlier. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I got confused for a second Thought maybe I'd fallen into a wormhole or something, went into the alternate universe, which probably would be better than the one we've got now. And then I realized, ah, shit, daylight savings time. I hate it, dude. I hate it. I heard that people were going to try to get rid of it a couple years ago, but they couldn't decide whether to leave it one hour forward or one hour back. And there was all sorts of bullshit about, well, if we leave it one hour forward, that means it's darker and then auto accidents go up by 23%. But if we leave it forward, then like, like, whatever. I'm just like, dude, just pick something and leave it. Like, it's so stupid that we change it. Yeah, because, yeah, again, they basically made me get up later then. I don't know who they is, by the way, the people who decide what time is. It's 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 big daylight who profits from this, it's, like, one hour not switch. big data, but big daylight. That's funny. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, it was later this morning because I thought it was 7, mm -hmm. but it was 8. Yeah, exactly. So they messed me up, so I would have gotten up earlier. So, yeah, screw them. Yeah, fuck daylight savings time. Let's, okay. Can we just move on, please? Like, Let's call it. the podcast name that. Fuck daylight savings? Yeah, F asterisk CK yeah, daylight sure. savings. Okay. I'm writing it down. All right, folks, welcome to the show. Uh, today's going to be slightly different than usual, although not super different. Um, I don't know about you, Carlos, but the last week, I mean, okay, like the last month, well, the last four years have been wow you just switched <laughs> it up three times the last four years have been terrible but in specific the last week have been nuts um i've just been really really incredibly busy with non-games work stuff i mean games is great but games doesn't uh pay my bills and so i've got to do some other gigs on the side and it's just been so slammed that um i just haven't had the energy or the you know, the bandwidth to really do anything. I looked at the games I was supposed to play this week. I had like a list of like four or five games I was supposed to get done. And I just like, I crumbled, dude. I like fell out of my chair. I was like in a heap on the floor. I started crying. I couldn't do it. Damn. I'm like, I can't, I don't got nothing left. So, um, I don't know if that is how you were feeling this week, but that is definitely how I was feeling. And so as a result, um, instead of the jam packed agenda with a bunch of games that we usually have, I'm only bringing one, brand new game to the show this week i might talk about a couple others i got to circle back on something that i played last week but i just didn't have the juice man and so um maybe this will be a lighter show shorter show or maybe we're going to ramble more more tangents who knows um yeah. so just heads up folks it's uh i'm kind of recovering still mentally carlos how was your week i mean i'm recovering uh physically so you know i've been having issues uh and besides that 
It, yeah, I think that in general, why I have a few games and not as many new ones is because one, when you play a game that's huge and epic, you play that for a long time, you yeah. know? And lots of times on this show, we'll try to cover a bunch of new stuff. But right now, I'm playing like two of the biggest games in the world. Yeah. And I'm still playing them, right? So I'll, I'll circle back to those today. And then I have a tangent on one of them. But then, yeah, I played another new one. And uh, we can talk about that. I think, you know, life is hectic for a lot of people. And I use games as an escape. But at the same time, if I find something I'm really interested in, that I just stay in that world, you know? Yeah. Well, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. Because... It's not like I'm playing nothing. I mean, I was playing some stuff, but usually, um, you know, when we, we play the games for the show, most of the time, you know, I'll play something that's like, okay, but it doesn't really like hook me. And same for you. Like we, we go through a lot of games and not many of them are like real humdingers, you know, to get all 50s for a second there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just so happens that we have a really large number of really good games this year. And of course, it's Q4. So like lots of good stuff is coming out all at once. And like, I can totally... Like, if I'm not playing anything that's sticking to me, I can get through five, six, seven games a week if none of them are just like, you know, oh, whatever, fine, like, cool, whatever, and move on. But when I get one that sticks, like, for example, Cyberpunk, I really like Cyberpunk a lot. You were great uh, and correct to recommend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, got into that real deep. I'm not done with it yet. I'm like 60 hours deep or something on it. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got to go the distance on this one. So that means I've got that much less time during the week for the games. No problem. I can play one, like like keeper game you know one that i really want to finish i can play one and then keep doing my normal show routine no problem but then i started playing dave the diver and dave the diver is also fucking great and i'm like oh shit okay so this is like two games that are both worthy enough for me to put the time in to finish so that's yep. oh that fucks me up right that fucks me up pretty hard then i started playing lamplighters league which is phenomenal and i'm like oh no i'm playing three games that are all really good and i really want to finish all these i can't that's already too many games just to play, and I can't do those. I'd have to probably cut one, and then that's not even counting the games I'm going to play for the show. So I guess this, the moral of the story is I can play bad or mediocre games all year long, but when I get to the good ones, that really fucks up my uh, my content production here. Yeah, and also when you're doing like, yeah, two or three of them at a time. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I have like uh, pros and cons about the ones I'm playing, but they definitely like have me hooked, you know, and so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get into that later. And also, I, I do want to say that the end of the show, we're going to do a topic, uh, which I think we should probably do every podcast if we can. Sure. And um, the topic is kind of about that, about like, what do you and I want to play? Uh, what do we want to get out of games? Sure. And like you just alluded to, when we do find something that hooks us, then we stay with it. So we'll, we'll investigate that later in the show. All right. Topic deep dive. That's coming up. Uh, I guess we should probably get into it. Let's just kick it off, man. Uh, as everyone knows, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape, his side, my side, things are a mess and we're going to tidy up right here. And right now it's housekeeping. Carlos, what do you got on your side of the room this week? Well, um, we mentioned this last week, and it's so funny. As soon as we finished the podcast, I feel like that night, um, I went ahead and used the game tips. Uh, we talked about oh, PS5 oh, and the game tips. Right. Okay. Sorry. I was blanking for yep. a second there, but we talked about the, the PlayStation in-game tips, and then uh, listener Ron had a question about whether we think games should have like in-game tutorials and stuff or whatever, hints and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, with you. So you used what, the PlayStation one? Yeah, so I remember in that episode saying like, I'm not sure if I've used them, and I think that maybe companies aren't using them anymore. Well... I've, I've never, never done it. So I did use them in the beginning, and I mentioned that last episode, but this time I, I have to like, you know, correct myself. Companies 100% are still using it. 
Okay. Uh, and I just used it two times. Very helpful in two of the games I'm going to talk about on the show, which is Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2. So I was playing Alan Wake, and I won't, you know. Are you playing this. Alan Wake on PlayStation, or were you playing it at? PlayStation, yeah. Okay. Both okay. those are on PS5. Okay. And so this is something I won't talk about later when I talk about the game, but I was stuck. Uh, I'm pretty hardcore stuck because that game can get a little tricky and you don't know where to go and there's a lot of different kind of menus and stuff. So anyways, I was like, I really don't know what to do right now. Went and just looked for it for fun because we had mentioned on the podcast and there it was, a video right ready for me to hit play and it showed me what to do. In the game itself, how did you, is it just no, like no. on the menu or yeah, what? Yeah, it's the menu. So you hit the PlayStation button. And for all our Xbox listeners, this is a feature that I guess is still used. And then once you do that, it goes out to the you know home screen. But then you just go to Alan Wake. There's like a little section of like the game you're playing right now, and it says you're about this much done with this section, you know, of the of the part of the game. And then you hit that, and it, it will have tips. And Interesting. So you're in the game. You hit the PlayStation button. You go back to like the home screen. But then there's also like a window or a whatever a drop down or something. Yeah. And that takes kind of knows where you're playing, like it knows what level you're in and stuff. Yes. And then it shows you, like, did it just automatically take you to that the very next puzzle that you were stuck on, or did you have a choice of puzzles or what? No, you don't have to do anything, dude. It's so smart. It, it literally, I just hit tips, and then it brought up a video, and I just pushed play on the video, and it was like, yeah, that's where I am at. That's and what it was literally do. the exact right part. Yep, exact wow. part. Wow. And I was like, oh, I'll just watch this video for a minute, do it, and then I'm unstuck. So interesting. A super helpful. It was also in Spider-Man. And so, yeah, I'm here to say it's a thing, and it's awesome. And I don't know if Xbox has it, but they should get it. It seems really cool. I have no idea. I I knew that that existed somewhere on PlayStation. I literally had no idea where it was, how to get to it. I've never used it. Okay. I don't know if Xbox has anything similar. I know Switch doesn't. So I it's don't know. Cool. I guess it's a thing. Yeah, yeah I'm bringing it back because I, I, I think I said I ended the show by going like, yeah, it'd be really cool, but I don't think the developers using it. Well, I'm wrong because those are the biggest games in the world uh, for PlayStation, at least. Right. And both of them are using it. So, so I guess that's the question, right? So it's on PlayStation. I know that PlayStation made a big push for this when they launched, and I haven't heard much about it since then. So I guess they need to like start doing some social media on it or something like that or more PR. But I guess, okay, so Alan Wake 2, one of the biggest games of the year. Spider-Man, one of the biggest games of the year. I wonder how viable it is. Like if you were to go play something that was like a B game, B tier game, you know, like a cozy farming sim, would there be even anything there? Like, is it is this relegated to only the biggest of the big because it's such an expenditure and a time suck? Or how deep does it go down the list of games? You know what I'm saying? Like the biggest, clearly, but like, what about double A? What about A? What about B? No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's just whoever wants to do it. So basically, I remember this, and I think we even mentioned this on the show because we do so many episodes, um, that when they launched that feature, they just said they were opening it up to every developer. Oh no, I get no, I get that. My yeah. point is who can afford to do it? Like who has the time and resources to do it is what I mean. Like right. obviously Insomniac, one of the biggest developers, can stick like ten people on it or whatever. But like if you were just like a you know, like the next Harvest Moon or some shit and it's a, a small team, would it be possible for them to do it? I mean, I know that they they, yes. they can, but like yeah. how much time and energy and effort would it be to do it? Would it be cost effective for them? It, it would. I, I can answer that question. That's okay. it's just I think it's just a decision because I make those videos. You know, I make all that content. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you spend so much time on development and it's just like a post-production thing. You know, you just like capture footage from that area, you know, when you're designing it or something like that. It's it's easy. Or you could just do it when the game's done. 
and the playtester can capture all that. Um, I don't think it's difficult. I really don't. Interesting. Um, I think it's more just like a decision, and it is time. You know, it's not like no time. Yeah. But it's not like a, you know, they are making a whole new section of the game, which is dev time, which is, I think, you know, more. I don't know, but then don't you got to code it to make make it work with the the hint function, make sure that it queues up properly, all that stuff? That seems uh, like a lot of work to me. I don't think it is, but I don't well, know. Okay, homework, homework assignment for you. Okay. You're on PlayStation a lot more than I am. So my challenge to you, Carlos Rela, like for the next week or two weeks, at least the next week, Whatever games you got, dip in and see if there's a hint. I want to know, right. like, out of out of how many games you play, okay. how many games have it. I'd be very curious. I have no I idea. I wrote it down. That's my PlayStation homework. Got it. Every time you play something, just check it out. Is there something there? Yes or no? Okay. Another thing that I wanted to tell you about that I'm sure you'll be excited about yes. is Jusant. Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm super excited for it. The trailer looked amazing, and uh, Dan Weisenberger is covering it for us at Game Critics. He says it's fucking phenomenal, yeah. Cool, it's Don't Nod doing some sort of climbing simulator, but also like a story, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people, everybody who's played it said it was fantastic. Another one in the giant pile of really good games this year. Oh, apparently. There you go. Apparently. There you go. Um, oh, I just had another rant about Spider-Man in my, home, in my housekeeping, so I guess I'm done. Oh, was that it about Spider-Man? Yeah, I mean, I got more to talk about Spider-Man, but we'll talk about that when I go back oh, to okay. it. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's all I have for housekeeping. Okay, I've only got one thing to talk about here. Uh, kind of an interesting note that kind of got buried pretty quickly. Apparently, Xbox has implemented a new policy. Um, there's, I don't know exactly what happened, but basically Microsoft is no longer allowing, like, quote-unquote, unauthorized third-party accessories uh, to be used on any of the Xbox consoles. So anything that is, like, an unlicensed third-party just does not work. They've somehow implemented uh, code that stops it from working. It's like error O X eight two D six zero 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 two or whatever. Mm. Um, so ordinarily I wouldn't care about this. Um, and I don't think most people probably would either because most of those accessories are, you know, like whatever cartoon shape controller or whatever junky thing you got. But the problem with this is a lot of specialized, uh, disability accessories are those kind of controllers. So a lot of people in the disability community said that their specialized controller is no longer working and that Microsoft is kind of like destroying these other peripherals that these people had to, to rig up in order to play their games. Mm. So that's the problem. It's not that um, people are missing their like, you know, Mad Cats version three day glow green controller. It's that there's someone who has paralysis or someone who is in a wheelchair or someone who has needs some kind of accommodation. That controller is no longer working. So I, a lot of people from the uh, disability community got mad about it. They sent messages to Xbox. I've heard they are trying to do some kind of workaround to allow those kind of like accessibility controllers to work, but not the other junky third-party ones. I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know how they're going to decide that. But just as a heads up, um, the cutoff when this um, kill switch goes into effect is November 12th. So nothing has been turned off right now as far as I know, but after November 12th, if you're using anything like that, there's a pretty good uh, chance it's not going to work after that day. So I guess uh, get on social media, go to Xbox, let them know what you think, let them know which controller you're using and say something. Because if you need some kind of special controller, you should have it by God and Xbox should make accommodations for you. So just heads up on that. And I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I don't know what they're going to do to change that. Because if Xbox makes that decision, doesn't it just like just happen? 
I mean, maybe, but think about what terrible PR is when people with disabilities say that Xbox has cut off their controllers. I mean, Xbox is supposed to be doing this huge push for accessibility, right? I know. They created the controller. They're getting interpreters. They put interpreters in like the latest Forza game. They're doing all this stuff for inclusion. It would be like completely flying in the face of everything they've been doing for the last few years if they did something like this. I mean, I bet it's probably somebody just didn't check, right? Some suit is like, oh, we're losing money because uh, we're not selling enough Xbox controllers. Let's cut off these third party ones. And they don't realize it, like you know, that all these accessibility controllers are in that same category. Yeah, so, yeah. I bet, I right. bet, I bet they would change course because they've really shown themselves to be a leader in accessibility. I don't know why they would shoot themselves in the foot like this. So, I think so it was just speak a up now. Speak up now. Now is your time. You've got time. All right, that is all I've got for housekeeping. Anything, anything else, Carlos? You good? Oh wait, I have one more thing. I'm just okay. like I do on the show uh, often. I'm live, uh, going to my PlayStation live. Real and time. Real time. Yes, That's in the field. And um, there's a game I wanted to tell you about, and I can't find it now. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I can't find it under pressure. But it was like a game where you just, like, you're a maid, and you walk around, and it's like an adventure game, and you, like, are trying to, like, figure out a mystery. It looks crazy. I don't know anything about that, but I know there are, like, a kajillion maid games on Steam. I don't know if this is the same as those. No, not but... that kind of maid. <laughs> are you talking about like made cafe made yeah it could be though i mean there's a there's a kajillion made games dude like it's it's this whole giant genre it's not even a subgenre it's a genre oh no i want to find it and i shouldn't be taking the time for the podcast hey move on move okay on. moving on moving on all right folks um so this is going to be slightly different than usual i know we usually kind of rapid fire through a bunch of games and just cover stuff here and there and everywhere but today is going to be a little bit slower paced i think um let's uh let's kick it off with you carlos you said uh your main piece on alan wake 2 already but let's come back and talk about it again uh so now that you've had some time with the game had some time to get a little further you tried the help function like we just discussed you're kind of marinating in all things wake uh like i don't know tell us your your further thoughts this is going to like all the what the words i'm going to say from now until we get to the topic are going to funnel into the topic Okay, it's like a murder mystery or something. Okay, okay. Um, or it's like a I don't know something. It's foreshadowing. Um, foreshadowing. All right. So you know, I get in these funks. I think like we all do, but especially us because we play everything, where nothing's really like hitting. Oh sure. I know at the top of the show we just said all these you know couple big games are connecting us and really we are are kind of resonating with us. And Alan Wake too is definitely one of those. It's a special special game. That said, um. You know, you play something for a long time and you're really in it and it either continues to keep your attention or something finally, you know, nopes you out or you just get tired of something. Um, I really like Alan Wake 2 and I think it's special and they're doing a lot of cool things with live action. And I don't I'm not spoiling a lot by saying that there's two playable characters at the fact that you're Alan Wake or. No, that's pretty Saga, well known. Yeah, right? I think it's pretty well known. Yeah. Um, and this is a minor, again, uh, inf information uh, about the game that I don't think is a spoiler, but at some point you get to choose between which story you want to do. In the beginning, it's just kind of like told, you know, you're going to be Saga in the beginning, and then at some point you're going to be John Wick, and then it goes, hey, you can choose. You're going to be John Wick? Be. That's amazing. John Wick. <laughs> nice. I would love it if John Wick was in this game as a secret third character. That would like really okay. put this game on its head. That's a slip because of two reasons. One, Alan Wake in this game often looks like John Wick. Oh, that's like Keanu yeah, Reeves. totally slicked hair back, uh, suit, and everything like that. Secondly, I just did a video that I just put up, and I'll talk about it later. The TikTok, it, and it's about John Wick. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so that was in my brain. Anyways, so you can be either Alan Wake or Saga, 
And then at some point they go, hey, which one do you want to do? And you have to choose, like, commit to one? Yeah. Well, no, you can commit, and then you can jump back and forth. So you can either do the game, the whole game, this way, all Saga, all Alan Wake, or jump back and forth between the two. And then after you finish Alan Wake, go back and do Saga. After you finish Saga, go back and do Alan Wake. And so you have that option of those three things. You know, play straight through one, play straight through another, uh, or, like, jump back and forth. Okay. okay. And so that's interesting. That's Options interesting, yeah. But it's also a little weird narrative-wise. Um, How so? Because, again, without saying too much, Alan Wake has a very different kind of story. He's like t- telling a lot of this dark energy stuff, right? And then Saga is... I can't. It's a spoiler. But Saga yeah, is dealing with other stuff, right? Yeah. So they are kind of wildly different, even though they're all kind of connected. They're obviously connected. So that just threw me a little bit because I don't like not knowing what I should do. Right. And I'm like in between right now going like, I don't know if this is going to feel right when it's finished. So that's one thing. Let me um, ask you a question before you keep going. Yeah, I yeah, wanna, yeah. So I guess I I don't know much about Alan Wake 2. I've heard people say it's pretty crazy, kind of multimedia. It breaks, breaks new ground in some ways in terms of design and stuff. And it looks really interesting as hell. And I, I liked Alan Wake 1 enough that I'm going to check this one out. But I guess I just don't really have a real good bead on what you're doing. So my question to you is, is the gameplay different between Alan Wake and Saga? Like, for example, is one person more combat heavy and one person is more like walking sim spooky? Or is it a good mix of both? Or like, what what is really even the gameplay when you're going through this? So they're both the same in the fact that they both have a new addition that Alan Wake 1 didn't have, which is the detective work. Mm-hmm. And they both have that. So Alan Wake will have that in his... They both have like these mind spaces but in the game, it just looks like a room. So you're like picking up clues and assembling clues, kind of like the Sherlock Holmes games, maybe? Kind of. And there's a board and you connect things with red, you know, yarn or whatever. And you're doing that and there's an action to do it. Very simple action of like finding where the thing goes and stuff. And you're piecing together things. And you're also profiling people. Like Saga's like looking at people and trying to figure out what they're about. Because she's so, like the FBI agent or something, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, and you're you're both doing that activity, but then you're both doing action too. So you both do both. Is and and follow up question is the action in this game is it pretty similar to Alan Wake One because in that one it was kind of like third person run and gun use your flashlight but then also use a gun yeah like really really combat heavy is it basically the same thing it's very similar but it's less right so Alan Wake One the people who played that it's just that was all the whole game like the yeah, whole game like was tons like, of combat yeah just basically fight black shadow monsters you know um, this one is just basically like do that sometimes sometimes there's a boss. Sometimes it's just walking around. Sometimes it's okay. dodging enemies. Like a lot of times I basically just don't go near them. Like you can just run away from them. Oh, um, okay. And so like the Alan Wake one that I just did, I just, yeah, I dodged a lot of them and used my light powers. There's other kind of powers that I'm not talking about yet, but I just want people to find it on their own. And so I used some other kind of a power, you know, and did a puzzle. Okay. And so, yeah, there's, it's, it's just a mixture. It's much better of a mixture. Okay. And then you'll jump into a scene that's just like a live action scene that you'll watch for a while. So I think it's done well. Uh, I brought up that first thing is because, you know, that when they finally introduced that, I was like, oh, this makes the game feel a little different. Because before, it's like it's taking me on a story and I have to play this person. I have to play this person. But now it's like, hey, do kind of whatever a little bit. And so I, don't know, I just got thrown for a loop. The second thing is I don't know. I just feel like. Sometimes, and this is, again, the overarching feel I have when it comes to game dev in general, 
I feel like some stuff just is padded a bit. Like I'd much have it. I'd rather have this story be like almost six hours or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably fifteen or twenty, maybe. Okay, um, which is pretty long for an action-focused game. I think I should. I don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's what it is. It just feels like I finished this huge chapter, and I was like, and again, like the game kind of started, and I was like, I don't know. It just felt a little long. So those are the only two things that are like kind of getting. Now, have you finished it yet or not yet? I haven't. Because okay, again, you- I feel like there's so much more to do. <laughs> and I just feel like I've had such a good time so far. And now that I have the choices opened, I just know I'm like not even halfway done with the game. And I don't know. For me, it's like I would love to have this story be done short, you know? Uh, okay, so a couple questions. So I guess, are you saying that you could wrap up the game now, but there's content that you don't want to miss out on? No, no, not that, not no, at all. Not no, that way. No. Not that way. Okay. I'm saying I, I, I've had such a good time, just like a movie, you know, even like Dune or some other huge three-hour movie. You're like, okay, that's it. I got it, you know? And I'm not saying I want this to be three hours, but I don't know. And I'm not even like totally, you know, upset at it or anything because I'm still, it's so beautiful and awesome. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a little thing I'm, I would like it to be done tonight. Like I'd like to just finish it tonight right, and see right, right. what that ending story is. But Well, I guess you've me. kind of maybe already answered. My follow-up question was, you know, I I played Alan Wake and that was basically pretty linear. Like, you know, you had your your set missions and you did stuff. I think there was a couple like, there might've been a couple small side quests if I remember correctly, but like really minor stuff. Like you were basically on the track of just, you know, point A to point B to point C. Then... Remedy did Control, which I, you know, we both really liked, although we had some problems with it, but still was a pretty cool game. And I look back pretty fondly on it. But that one was a little bit different where there were a lot more side quests. There was a main story, but also you could spend a lot of time like tracking down cursed artifacts and investigating stuff like that, the weird stuff in in that in that game. So what is the structure like of Alan Wake? Are you back to the linear track or do you have like many options to, to kind of progress? No, it's not Control at all. And it's linear. So I'm just, okay. I don't want to make, uh, I want to make that clear. It's just that two two things. One, that there is the option of which one you want to play, which, again, kind of confuses me. And then secondly, it's just a lot. Like, it's just a lot of stuff to do. Okay. Like, why I went to that gameplay tip thing is because there's this huge level, and I have to, like, turn a light switch on that changes reality, like changes the whole map kind of thing. Sure. And then that can open up an area that wasn't open before. You go down that. You go back. You have to backtrack. Then there's enemies, and they get in your way, so they slow you down. And all this just feels like it's getting in the way of the story, and I'm like, I just want to get to the fucking thing. Gotcha. Um, other times, the pacing's great, so I don't want to say it th- like that the whole time. Like, Saga was in the woods once, there was monsters. It ended in a culminated in a, a good boss fight that made sense, and then it was back to detective work. All that felt great. That was all the beginning of the game. Um, but the, just sometimes it's like, I'm lost. Why do I have to do this light twice? I have a charge now. The light has a charge. I don't want the light to have a charge, you know? So, and this might just be Carlos. I'm doing a lot of asterisks, but um, because that's, I don't want to take away from how special and cool it is. But for me, it's a little, I don't want to say long in the tooth, but something like that for me right now. Okay. Because you were pretty high on it last week. And now, I mean, to be perfectly frank, it sounds like you're kind of getting tired of it a little bit. I'm just a little tired. A little. Okay. So let's see next week where I'm at. 
Okay. So you probably, I'm guessing you probably will have wrapped it up by next week, I'm supposing. I hope. That's my I problem. So. <laughs> I'm kind of worried. <laughs> that, that you won't be, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because, yeah. you know, there's definitely too much of a good thing. I think that's definitely a true thing. You know, one slice of cheesecake is great. Eating the entire cheesecake is just way too fucking much. So Right. I, I could have just said that and that been the whole thing. Saved a lot of words. <laughs> too much of a, what did you say? Too much of a good thing is a bad thing? Yeah. There, there is, there, there is, it is possible to get too much of a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, it might be that. So moving on. All right. Moving on. Okay. So I want to circle back to a game that I talked about last week, the Lamplighters League. This is coming from Hairbrain Schemes, who is located in Seattle. Although I don't, I've never been to their studio. I don't think I even know anybody in that studio, which is kind of weird that there's somebody here in town that I haven't yeah. met or anything. But um, I talked about it last week. This is basically kind of like an XCOM style turn-based tactics game. It's got some real-time elements, but it's basically kind of like XCOM set in the world of like an Indiana Jones theme, like a 1930s adventure serial where, you know, the main character is like this platinum blonde spy. And there's like a, you know, rowdy kind of like adventure guy with double pistols. And it's got a very like, like 1930s serial Indiana Jones vibe. I I love the vibe of it. Um, So I talked about it last week and I really liked it. I was really high on it. And I got to be honest, I'm, I'm still really high on it. I honestly think it's one of the best games of the year. Uh, but that's that. There's like a giant planet Earth-sized asterisk, like along with that, right? Like, and so I've been kind of doing some soul searching, and I wanted to circle back on it. I, I think number one, at, at its core, this is a brilliantly designed game. The people who designed this game clearly are taking some cues from XCOM. But then again, you know, XCOM is kind of like the genre leader. I think it's probably the most definitive game of this genre at this time. Um, it's kind of impossible to not take any cues from the person or the, you know, the team that does it the best, the game that does it the best. Uh, but they also do a lot of things on their own that I think are really, really interesting. Um, for example, uh, team team dynamics are way more important in this game than they are in, in XCOM 2, where one person's power can play off another person's power. And you have to kind of really leverage them together in a smart way in order to make the most of a bad situation because you are generally outnumbered and outgunned in basically every map. Mm. And if you're not leveraging your characters, you're going to get steamrolled pretty quickly. Um, something that supports that, and this is something that I really, really like, one of the best decisions they make, and this is a very unusual one, is that each person has basically two ability points. This is common to the genre. Most tactics games give you two ability points where it's either move and then shoot, or shoot and then move, or maybe move, move, or shoot, shoot, but that's kind of where it ends, right? This one lets you do them in whatever order you want, and you can go back and forth between characters. So what, what that what really means is, with character A, uh, Ingrid, the super spy, she can, like, move once, and then you can just pause. Go to somebody else. You can go to uh, Eddie, the gunslinger, and you can do some shoot once with him, and then you can go back to Ingrid and then shoot with her or punch with her, And then go back to Eddie and then he can move like that flexibility in taking your turns and actions. It seems like no big deal, but that is actually extremely rare for this genre. Like almost no game lets you do that. And it's funny because that's something I have wanted to do for a long time. And I've always thought it would be cool and a good idea. And now that they're doing it here, I'm like, yes, I was right. Right. This is fun and cool. And it's a great fucking idea. I want every. Oh, sorry. They go in order then generally, right? You can do whatever you want. It's so flexible. And I want every turn-based tactics games from now until the end of time to copy this because I think this is the way to go. This is like the right choice for basically any turn-based tactics games. It's a win. It's a positive. It's good because it gives you more options. Uh, You know, for example, if you shoot somebody and you hit them 
and they're down to just like a sliver of life, you can switch over to somebody else. That person can go over there and kill them before you take your next turn. You can like maximize what you're doing on the field mm. and not waste any turns. And like, it's just, it's fucking brilliant, dude. And it's, it's so brilliant. It makes me mad that people haven't done it before because I've thought that they needed to do this for a long time, like everybody in the genre, and they just never really do it. So that's huge win, huge win. Um, I love that the the skills are really great. There's ways to improve the characters and and get their skills um, to really be super strong. So, for example, Ingrid, the lady that I talked about, the super spy, she punches people. One of her powers is when you get her um, skill tree maxed out, if you kill somebody, you get another turn. So what that means is you can have like the rest of your people on a team. Everybody takes one turn softening somebody up. And then once the enemies are all at like half life, Ingrid comes in, punches a guy, knocks him out. She gets to go again, punches a guy, knocks him out, gets to go again. You can kill like 10 guys in a row, which is like, again, unheard of for the tactics genre. But it, it kind of leverages like this whole ability powers and, you know, synergy between the team. Mm. And it makes an unwinnable fight like super winnable and super manageable. So I think that's, again, amazing. I love that. I think it's really, really good. Um, so a couple things, like a couple problems, though, a couple problems. And I, I gotta say, I was really having a crisis of faith in the middle of this game because I'm about halfway through the campaign, give or take. And I hit this level where I'm like, I am stuck. This is impossible. I don't know how I'm even remotely supposed to fucking understand and play this. I guys, I was getting my ass just torn apart. Like there was no, no possible way that I could figure out how to get past this level. And I was like, is it unbalanced? Is, did I spec my characters wrong? Like, what's going on? How was come it too I hard, you mean? Yeah, it was just way too hard. Like, I would okay. get to a room, my three characters, there'd be like 17 guys versus my three guys, and I would be getting bum-rushed. And, like, y you have, like, a stress mechanic that I haven't really talked about where your guys will start to panic or they'll get killed. It's like, there's no way these odds are too crazy. Even with all my special powers, it's not enough, right? So I just, I was like, oh, man, I, do I got to quit this game? Because this is too hard. I really like this game a lot. And I just took a minute cried for a while and then i went to um i didn't do the in-game help uh because i'm playing this on xbox but i went to youtube and a bunch of message boards and i just started reading about the game i'm just like what do people say about this like what's going on and there was you know the usual amount of whinging and bitching and like shitty people and all that stuff but there were a lot of people who were talking about the mechanics and that's what i really wanted to discuss so i read a bunch of stuff on steam i read a bunch of stuff on uh, you know reddit and stuff just kind of just jumping around and the more I read about it, like every post had like one little nugget of information that I didn't have. And to be to be frank, that I feel like the game didn't really communicate clearly or maybe I just wasn't picking up on. But I think there was a lot of depth and a lot of flexibility to the system that I just wasn't aware was there. And that on top of the fact that this game plays so differently from many other games. Like I, I described it as Indiana Jones plus XCOM, which is a very like quick and dirty way of describing it. But when you want to really get down to the details, it plays fundamentally so differently from other games. But you don't know that. It doesn't look like that. Like, you can't just tell that from looking at it. And so as I was reading through these posts and kind of like picking it apart, I was like, okay, so I guess I really didn't understand how this one character's power worked. Now I have a better understanding of that. Okay, that tells me how to use this character differently. That opens up new options. But then also, just how you approach the game in general um, is so different. For example, people who play turn-based tactics you are almost always encouraged to just kill everybody on the map. That's just like what most games do. That's the norm. Not in this game. Like you don't get experience for killing people in this game. If you get to a level and you get your objective, like this, for example, you're stealing a file or you're blowing up a generator or something like that. That's all you got to do. You get the same experience for like killing no people as you do for killing 20 people. Oh, no difference. Weird. So yeah. So like once you realize that, you start to realize, okay, wait, 
maybe running away is actually a viable solution. And so once I accepted the fact that you don't need to kill everybody on the map, sometimes it's better to just avoid them altogether. That opened up all new doors for me, right? And also there's like a stealth option that you have. I'm not going to get into too deep in the weeds on this, but like it is a bit of work. It's not perfect, but like you can stealth your way through some things. And so I was like, how do I properly use this? And what is the right use case for this? And once I started like kind of dinking around with it, I went back to that level that killed me that I thought I was about ready to quit the game on after reading all this stuff, thinking about it for a night, sleeping on it, got up the next morning. I fucking blew the doors off it, dude. I took like no damage. I finished it perfect and I right. finished it no problem, right? Because you knew what to do now. But let me put this yeah, go as a pause in your story. Mm-hmm. Um, what I heard you saying was exactly what you normally hate from every game, which yes. is not explaining how to play the damn thing. Yes, correct. I'm guessing, uh, and I'll fill in the blanks here, that you didn't care enough, uh, as much because you were having such fun with the combat and the, the, the game in general. You liked it a lot. So you saw past the fact that they didn't tell you what the frick to do at times. I definitely think that is a problem. I think because this game plays so differently and it's not your your usual turn-based tactics games, my brain wasn't even seeing the options, right? And I definitely agree that they could tutorialize and teach that more. And the difference was exactly like you said. I could see that there was so much good about this game. I love the characters. I love the style. I, I, the parts that I didn't understand I thought were really great and I thought those were wonderful. And so... I just was so sad to think that maybe I wouldn't be able to keep playing this, but it it wasn't that it was like, I just wasn't seeing it the right way. And I do feel like, you know, some of that is on me, but also I definitely feel like they don't explain the powers. Well, they don't, they should set up more situations where they teach you how different this game is and kind of open your eyes to it a little bit. So I I definitely think that's that's a big um, failing of this game, I think, Uh, which is a shame because it's brilliant. Like once you understand what it's doing, you're like, Oh my God, like this is like, this is so cool. Like they're doing something brand new and something fresh and this is what the genre needed. And it's, it's, it's all just like, you know, like when people don't understand something, they intrinsically hate it. And I'm not saying I hated it, but it's like, I need, I didn't understand what was going on. And then once I did, I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Mind blown. I get it. And it, it works. Dude. So yeah, I just want to say, I think that might be, it it really comes down to in movies, entertainment and games, one little mix up or mess up or whatever or you know something missing can like you just said turn people off and they go no thanks right yeah. like an anime the first episode of the anime for me I'm just talking personally yeah like something happens weird or it's like the certain style they don't like I'm like oh, that, that, I'm not gonna watch the whole series um, and the game you know because we've been hearing people like not talk about this game enough we said yeah. that last time yeah and is it maybe something like this because you know you don't get the you don't understand this how it's different. Yeah, um, that's yeah, I think like. you're correct. Yeah, you're totally right, dude. Because if you don't know how to play this, and I didn't for a while, I mean, I was getting by, like I was doing okay. I got halfway through the game without this knowledge, but then I hit a wall and I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Right. And I saw, and, and the message boards I was reading, a lot of people were having the same difficulty of like, I can't get past it. How do I kill 20 guys with three guys? This doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. But you don't have to kill them. Like you can just, yeah. you know, when I finally figured out, I could just like run the fuck away, kill the one guy you got to kill. And then bail. I'm like, oh, shit. I've never really thought about that before. That's so weird. And, you know, the game says, like, escape and stuff. Like, But it's not... It just doesn't penetrate. Like, we're so trained to play these games in a well, certain way. That's it. We're trained to play XCOM games where let's yeah. take out all the enemies, you know? so I mean, part of that's me, but also part of it, I think, they should have taken more time. But regardless of that, so I... I but, but yes, I like this game enough that it got me over the hump where I, if this was a game that I just kind of felt on the fence about, I would have bailed for sure. But because I saw so much other good, I was willing to kind of like do the research and read up on it, which you shouldn't do. 
I don't want to do that, but I was compelled because I didn't want to quit this game. So that was yep. interesting and good. Now, the other thing that I will say is um, this is the most unstable game I think I've ever played in my life. Like in 40 years of game playing, I think this is what? the most unstable. Um, it, it crashes like every five minutes, every five or 10 minutes. It does. Well, not, this is two things why there's so this, a problem. So this one, yes, this, this is a problem. Now, so what happens is you'll just play it and then all of a sudden it'll just... I can only describe it as like a clean crash. I don't know if that's a technical term, but it's like it always crashes kind of in the same places. Like when you finish a level and you're going to go back to the main hub, it crashes there. Or sometimes when you're switching between levels, it'll crash. And it's it kind of does it the same way. And I was reading up about this as well. And I think that I don't have any proof, but this makes a lot of sense. Some people, their theory was these developers don't have a lot of console experience. They're mostly PC developers. And what I've heard was when you get the Xbox development kit, it has way more uh, memory than the actual Xbox itself because you need to, I don't know, whatever, you're doing your dev tools, your dev kit, you're working on stuff or whatever. So the theory is that they didn't realize the Xbox itself, the console, has way less memory. So every time the game crashes, it's basically running out of memory because it's operating on the assumption it has the dev kit amount of memory when it actually has way, way less to work with, like more, like less oh than half, goodness. right? So it crashes all the time. So you have to save like every five minutes. Every time I do something, I save, which is a bummer. And it crashes all the time and it sucks. But like that says how great this game is that I'm willing to put up with lack of tutorialization, lack of clarity. Yeah. It fucking crashes literally every five minutes. And I still think this is like one of my favorite games of the year, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Those are two things you would not. accept. Yeah, I would not put up any not um, even for a second. And this game, that's it's just so fucking good, dude. I, as someone who loves turn-based tactics, that's one of my all-time favorite genres. I absolutely adore and admire what they have done from a systems perspective. And also on top of that, yeah. the characters are so fucking cool. The, the powers are so fucking cool. The themes are so fucking cool. The music is cool. Like, it just looks great. Everything about this game is like the total package. It just needs better tutorials and to not crash every five fucking minutes. Not to crash every five minutes. I'll give you a perfect yeah. parallel. Yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. close this out. Um, is cyberpunk when it first mm. came out on playstation yeah, good 4 example. good example although it was ps4 version but i played it on ps5 so i was lucky my ps5 could handle it better but it a hundred percent crashed all the time like even on yeah. ps5 it like would just go yeah. to blue screen and then the jank that was in it it was like unheard of compared to what you right, see now right. when you're playing it uh, and I just was like, that's cool. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. man. I'm still playing Cyberpunk, and my character's amazing, and the story beat was amazing. And now the character got stuck in the elevator, and his face got ripped off, and it's gross and weird, and it doesn't feel like a video game anymore. And then it went back, and it's normal. Just and reload and keep going, ends. right? I just yeah. didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can tell you now, because, wait, did you get through the Jackie stuff? Uh, yeah. Oh, You're yeah, way, way past, past that, that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Minor spoiler for Cyberpunk for anybody listening. But there's a, 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 a moment with Jackie in an elevator, and you're going up to yeah, some Yeah, I know place. what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. In that moment, when I played it originally, like it came out, you know, day one or whatever. I played it like this was probably on like day four of it coming out ever. And I'm, I'm going up the elevator with Jackie, and Jackie falls over. <laughs> uh, his NPC just falls over like And he's not physics, supposed to. And he's not supposed to, and he just stays oh, there. And he didn't get up. Did he keep talking? And I was like... Uh, I think he looked alive, but he didn't <laughs> oh, talk. Jesus. And I was like, "My Jackie died already. Like he just died in That's the elevator." Um, and so I had oh, to reload. Wow. But that was one of the very early memories. So yeah, again, it's if a game's like compelling enough, you'll see past some yeah. of that stuff. But 
Anywho, yeah, moving, moving on. on. So just, just a quick asterisk. I hear the developers are still working on it. I think that they're still trying to make the Xbox version more stable. I hope they are, uh, because I have heard that the final mission is unfinishable on Xbox. So I, I feel like I may be heading for a sad ending to this story. But fingers crossed they'll fix it before I get there. We'll see. But anyway... Xbox, Xbox, most powerful console. That's all oh I'm saying. Oh, my God. See? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that was the biggest thing that they always sold everybody. I on, know. Okay. Just, uh, anyway, all right. So Spider-Man 2, we're circling back on Spider-Man 2. What do you got to say about Spider-Man 2? Okay. Well, you got to go long on Lamplighter, so I'm going to go, go long for on it. this. Do it. Uh, but I want your, your uh, you know, back and forth in this okay. as well. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Spider-Man 2 rant is what I wrote down. Okay. Um, I'm using Spider-Man 2 for content. It's great. Like, I, you know, posted a video of NPCs talking. It did yeah. really well. yeah. I have fun just looking at the weirdness in this game. I did a janky thing where I took Peter Parker on a bike and got him through the wall and he fell through the earth. I've been under the map. I've been outside the map. It's fun jank. I mean, there's so much jank in this game that I don't know why not many people are talking about, but there's a lot of jank. Um, And so that is fun for me for content. And the actual game, I think I told you last time, last episode, I was like, I kind of don't like these games. Which yes. is like, go punch a bunch of things, collect a million things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty kind of far in the game, and they go, like, I mean, let's say we're like 15, 20 hours in or something. I don't know. Probably like that now. And they're like, okay, here's a new thing you can collect. And I was like, again? You're going to enter introduce even another thing I can collect? No, thank you. Um, so besides me just being over these kind of games and just enjoying it for, like, you know, making content, the thing that really bothers me is, you know, just in general for the industry, what this game is doing, a tons of AAA developers are doing, and I just don't want it anymore. So here's some things I don't want anymore that's in Spider-Man. Okay. Besides collecting things, which we both are like kind of over. Yes. Um, you know, turret slash uh, drone levels. Now, oh, where you're controlling. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Don't want yeah. it. Don't want yeah. it anymore. I was just a spider bot, which you can collect now. That's one of the things you can now collect. And I had to do a whole level where like they can't really fight the bot, the you know the enemies, and I have to like jump over them and climb on walls and do puzzles. No, 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 I don't want any of it. I've done it too many times. Okay. Um, okay. And also, by the way, I'm going to add vents. Let's get rid of vents. Crawling through vents. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to crawl through vents as a person. I don't want to crawl through vents as a bot. Okay. None of it. And I also don't want to be a drone because it's just difficult and whatever. It's stupid. Um, this is me taking a hard stance on things. The over-the-topness that happens in huge movies, too, but in so many video games now, uh, Ratchet and Clank and even Horizon, you know, Forbidden West, Zero Dawn, uh, any game we can think of that's huge has these huge set-piece moments where everything explodes. Yes. Uncharted, right? Oh, sure. It's all I'm that climbing explodes. on something, and it explodes. And as it's happening in Spider-Man, and everything's blowing up, like at the fair, um, I'm, like, listening to Jonah and being like, you know, that guy has uh, a lot of sense because they're doing millions of dollars in destruction every time they do anything in the city. Uh, everything blows up. But is it Spider-Man's fault, though? It doesn't matter. He's involved. I'm taking his side now. He's just like an innocent James bystander, Jonah. though. It's probably the octopus or... No, no, no. He's Green not an innocent bystander. He's taking his webs and pulling down the Ferris wheel. Oh, okay, that's different. That's to, true. like, save people, but then it explodes the Ferris wheel. Sure. You know, everything in this game is bombastic, and I'm just over that to the nth degree for video games. I don't okay. want it anymore. I just don't want explosions, and it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't add, like, to the, uh, I don't know, what are they, I don't know what they're going for. 
But like everything blowing up and everything exploding and it being such a crazy like, oh, and now I'm like jumping through, you know, a, a tube and it's shooting me out the other side. But then I'm jumping onto a plane. I don't want it. That's... Okay. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm Go not ahead. done. Keep going. Um, the last thing I'll say about Spider-Man 2 and other AAA games, fucking stop it. And you alluded to it in Lamplighters, but it's different because that's a strategy game. A hundred million minions. Oh, yeah. Bad guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah gotcha. Uh-huh. Let's ch- chill out on the bad guys. Um, every single thing I just did today when I was playing Spider-Man, every mission had, let's say, 25 bad guys, right? Um, and there's a meme going around on TikTok where, like, Spider-Man doesn't kill, but, like, he kills these people. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's no way these guys are coming back from this. Um, and so he he injures slash kills 25 people. Then you do some other set piece moment and a story bit, and then, oh, I'll get to you in a minute, but here's some more bad guys. Vans yeah. roll up, and they all, you know. And then it does that thing. These are, like, uh, things upon things that I don't like. It does the third wave of enemies. Now they're bigger enemies. Oh, yeah. And it takes <laughs> 25 hits to kill this guy. Are there guys with, like, shields and stuff, too? Yeah, shields. Yeah, you have to course. parry. Oh, Get yeah. the fuck out of here. Who? Who? Why are people not as upset as I am about this? It's very clearly uh, the most basic uh, repeat thing that we've seen in games forever. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it went, people wouldn't stand for it in other mediums, I feel like. Like, oh, yeah, that movie's just like that other movie. Fuck that movie, you know? Like, or they just copied that thing. I just, anyways. And talk about uh, padding it, right? Yeah. Well, that was one of my biggest problems with the first Spider-Man. I mean, aside from the fact that there was too much crap I didn't want to collect. But the combat, like, I mean, we mentioned this last time. But, like, every combat encounter was way too many guys. The guys were way too tough. And it just didn't feel like you were Spider-Man. Like, you should be breezing through this shit. Like, when you read a Spider-Man comic three quarters of the comic is not him beating up on some palookas like he's doing some cool stuff and saying funny lines and fighting you know superpower bad guys or something it's not right it's not the joes on the street that are giving him real trouble and he's not worried about it like in the comics he's just making those quips yeah right? he just like just swings on through beats up a couple goons and moves on like it's, oh, yeah. it's over yeah by the way they again and someone else said this in a youtube video but they do introduce stealth but you never use it because it's basically at some point you're just gonna have to like fight everybody yeah. But there are these kind of things that feel in the stealth play feel like the comic where you like you you know you're hanging above somebody and you just put them up and attach them to a wall. Yeah. You're like, oh, that feels like Spider-Man. But yeah, so I turned it down to the easiest mode, and I put on all these like UI things to make it fucking simple, like quick you know quick times gone, all that stuff. Yeah. And even with that, it's just time consuming. Just it to, was like just to chew through all those guys. Yeah, it's a hundred guys. And some of them literally take like 20 hits. Yeah. So what the fuck am I doing? Okay, besides all that, this is my last closing thought. I just, and this is where I came up with the John Wick thing. I just put up a video. Um, Mary Jane has stealth missions. I think guess she had them in the yeah, first Yeah, you game said too. that she had OP, like dual-wielding pistol stealth missions or something. Well, it's not dual. It's a taser gun. Um, but I, I finally got to play the first mission of those. And she one-shots people. So she basically has a dodge and then she has an attack. And she has like one of that, you know, last of us throw a rock bullshit thing. Oh, okay. Which is, sure. I'm, I'm never doing that because you just go up to people and attack them. So you, it's a one button kill on every enemy. Now you can dodge and you can get hit and stuff like that. So you have to dodge and stuff. But basically, I was stealthing, killing, stealth, and then just going out in the open, dodging and killing. 
And I took out enemies much faster than Spider-Man. That's funny that she's more powerful than Spider-Man. She is. I call the clip MJ is John Wick. There's the John Wick connection. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, in the video, I said, I I just want to play as MJ the whole game. Because Spider-Man literally takes 25 hits to kill one of these bad guys. And she just tases them and they're dead. That's um, amazing. Yeah, they probably want you to use all your combos. I'm sure you've got a big skill tree where you unlock new Oh, moves. the skills. They want to give you plenty of opportunity to use the skills, but then it ends up, like you said, just being kind of a time suck and you're doing it over and over. And if you're not really getting a lot of emotional value out of oh, doing the flashy all. combat, then it's just it's, it's a drag. It's a button press. I'm hitting two buttons. I'm healing every once in a while. I'm just mashing, yeah. and it looks interesting, but it would look interesting the first time, you know, and, like, he does all those moves, and then... It's not. Anyways, I'm pretty much over the game. Like I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, it sounds like basically now. what we thought about the first one too. Like, yeah, it we, feels we like the first said, one all over again. Yeah. I think that they they glaze it over or they glaze my eyes over with like some compelling story stuff. Um, high, obviously high graphics and you know whatever. <laughs> no one's ever said high graphics, high detailed graphics. Um, <laughs> it's kind of you know you feel high when you're watching them. I guess. Um, and, you know, I got kind of into that, and, and I like Miles Morales, and I like some of that story stuff. But now that I'm fully in the game, like, you know, entrenched in all of it and doing 8 million missions where I have to fight uh, all the guys, and then everything blows up. It's yeah. rinse and repeat. Like, that's what happens. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you said this, dude, because I didn't – I mean, what you just said is basically word for word what I said about the first Spider-Man game. Like, like your take and my take basically identical – I was thinking about playing Miles Morales, the one that came out before this one, um, because I knew there was like a sign language component I was curious about. And they said it was shorter. Like they said it was like a third the length of the regular Spider-Man. And then this one, I was, you know, kind of tempted. Everybody's talking about it. I like Spider-Man in general. You know, the vibe is there and everything. And everybody's, you know, you got your 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 zeitgeist and stuff. And uh, but but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, nah, that would have been a mistake because Mm -hmm. I'm already drowning in games that I love. And this sounds like basically just like more of the same. And I didn't like it the first time. So. Well, I'm going to give this one a pass, I think. You should give it a pass. And this is my last, uh, true last thought, which is the other thing that I'm tired of that this game does, which you would like totally roll, roll your eyes at, is they introduce a character. I won't spoil anything, <laughs> but because everybody probably knows what I'm talking about. They introduce a character early on, and you know as soon as you meet him, you're like, oh, that guy's going to be evil. Like, oh, okay. there it is. That's the evil guy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we should be friends, Pete. I'm like, dude, how do you not... I mean, do you think we're all dumb? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I'm in the middle where, like, now he's changing. And I'm like, okay, there it is. There's the guy. Um, yeah. And then, oh, what's his name? Craven and and the the, the general idea of, of a bad guy going at, hunting after other bad guys. Kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, everything just turns into, like, a, everything blows up, fight a million guys. And yeah. I don't want to do that. But great content for videos. Mm-hmm. There you go. Sounds like Spider-Man. So we've got another Spider-Man, folks. It's another Spider-Man. All right. Uh, let's turn to a brand. The only new game I'm talking about uh, this week is actually a real humdinger. It is one that fills me with laughter and joy and kind of reminds me of like all the favorite things that I love about playing video games. It's kind of a game that like it kind of like reinvigorates your love for video games. It's like such a great experience. I'm glad we're talking about it now, right after the one I just got. I know because that one that one sounds like soul sucking drudgery. Uh, but no, no, I'm talking about Thirsty Suitors from Outer Loop Games. It just came out a couple of days ago, 
And uh, man, I just, it is so fresh and exciting. I am laughing and smiling. And I think everything in this game is so funny and clever and different and offbeat that I just, they are doing their own thing. And man, it fucking works. And I'm here for it. And I love it. So mm-hmm. what is this fucking game? And we remember for our audience, listening, we did play the demo. We played did play the demo. The demo. Uh, so I already, when you just said all those words, I already agree with you, but continue. Yes, we both played the demo, and I think the demo is still available, I believe. Um, but I'm playing it on, where am I playing it? I feel like probably PlayStation is where I'm playing it. I can't remember. Um, I got sent to code uh, from one of the developers, so thank you very much. Um, it is, so what is it? The, the tagline of this game is, date your exes, disappoint your parents, find yourself. And I think that's a fucking amazing tagline. I think that basically sums up what this entire experience is all about and that to me sounds like a battle cry for modern times it sounds Mm -hmm. like so on the pulse of everything everything that i'm really interested in i think that a lot of people are interested in it it is of the here and the now and it also brings brand new perspective because this team is a very uh culturally diverse team and the the focus of this game is on south asian culture south asian specifically so we're talking about like india uh, Sri Lanka, Indonesia, I believe qualifies as that. I'm pretty sure I'm not an mm-hmm. expert, but I think so. Um, and so getting that perspective is just so fucking amazing. It brings all sorts of new content to the table, new ideas, new, new flavors, new colors, new sights, new sounds that we don't get usually. And I think it's, it's amazing to get that kind of representation. Uh, so basically you play as a girl, her name is Jala. She's coming back to town, uh, after something terrible fucking happened. And you're not really quite sure what happened. It's like she left, things blew up socially, like a bad breakup or just, you know, just something something really bad happened. She had to get out of town. So she's coming back to town after a period of time. Her sister's no longer talking to her. Uh, her parents are very disappointed in her and she just needs to, she's trying to like, like you know, mend fences, uh, rebuild bridges and just fix things that are broken, which I think is a good, I mean, I think who hasn't done that at some point in her life? Maybe you're not doing it with the whole town, but you know, maybe you've had a fallout with a friend or maybe you broke up with somebody or maybe your parents got mad at you or who knows what. At, at some point, I'm sure we've all tried to like mend a fence or two. I'm sure, Carlos, have you done that? I have mended uh, many a fence in yeah, my day. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of hard not to. So I think that's a very common theme that a lot of people can identify with and it's interesting too because um so it's a very queer friendly story it's a very like culturally diverse story it's a very like modern feminist forward story like there's a lot of like really cool things that i think um just like hit on a number of levels it's also really funny like everything about this game is over the top and wild and what i mean by that is um it's nothing nothing is normal here because jala comes into her house and instead of just like taking off her shoes and putting her backpack down she like does like a flip she like does a flip but her clothes fly off and they hang on the hangers and she's like doing some kind of weird like cartwheel and it's just like whoa like what the hell that was bizarre or like you go to the there's a diner in town there's a dog and there's a a meme going around this dog you might have already seen the dog but like you pet the dog and instead of petting the dog you pet the dog you give the dog your skateboard he does like a kickflip and then you do like a fancy handshake with the dog and it's like this whole like quick time event thing and like all these little things that pop up that you just don't expect in like a quote unquote, like average game, you know, like you're getting these developers who are not afraid to do something different. And I love it. Um, Can I I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like the vibe is um, two things, the vibe. So people listening, one is uh, a little Bollywood, 
right? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Because it's like, oh, now it's kind of a, a like a dance in a way, you know? Like yeah. in those movies, there's dances, but this is like uh, acrobatic and like comic booky. Um, and I just, I, I feel a Bollywood vibe. But then also, Scott Pilgrim. Because, uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, uh, th- th- there's the X's, right, component, which you'll get to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is evil X's in Scott Pilgrim. But also in Scott Pilgrim in the very beginning, which, by the way, the cartoon's coming out soon. I'm excited. Um, he, like, jumps out the window. Like, you know, he's home and he just jumps out the window because he wants to leave. And he goes perfectly out the window, like acrobatic move. Yeah. So there's, there's things like that that are exaggerated, I feel like, um, that happen in this game, too. I will trust your word on that because I read the comic book of Scott Pilgrim and I hated it. Oh. And I never watched the movie because I hated the comic. And I got to be honest, like it comes up so often. It's one of the most comments, uh, most commented threads we get at GameCritics.com. Somebody posted a review of Scott Pilgrim, the game, like, I don't know, 14 years ago or wherever the fuck it was. And at least a couple times a week I get email about it. And I just, I hate it. I just hate okay. it now for my own personal reasons. Well, so. now we have to put an asterisk in this real quick and say that the movie's fucking amazing, in my opinion. So, have you never seen the movie? I've never seen the movie because I hated the comic book so much. So that okay, that um, that doesn't. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to compute. Carlos like, has no words. I'm breaking. Carlos. You just almost broke me like a robot with like the the thing comes out my neck. You know? Yeah, the steam is coming out like wee, a short circuit. Yeah. Okay, for one thing, yeah, the, they're totally different. You know, they're different. Anyways. We'll right. leave it at that. We'll I, leave it at that. But you are correct. You are correct in some uh, some of that vibe, right? So like the exaggeration, yeah, the exaggeration, like the over the topness. Like for example, uh, Jala is a skateboarder, and so she gets around town on a skateboard, which is already kind of weird. Like you don't expect there to be skateboarding in a game like this. You think it's going to be like visual novel or you know like kind of a walking sim slash emotional game. But there's like skateboarding, uh, and so like she'll go to town and she'll like. <laughs> she just like will like grind off of anything or she'll like spin on top of a pole or she'll like wall run for infinity off these walls and just like the skateboarding is so over the top and super powered it's fucking awesome i think it's just so fun yeah and goofy and you know like uh yeah she does like jump through windows or like you go talk to your uh your aunt who's uh in town and your aunt is like lifting these gigantic like weights they must be like a thousand pounds each and she's like she's like doing aerobics while she's like lifting and she's also having a conversation and it's just like everything is like to like 11 in this game and I, I love how like how hard it goes because it's all going for like this hyper exaggerated comedy but it's also not like absurd comedy like it kind of is but it also keeps a toe in the real world like um you know the dad in the game does dad jokes and the mom is this really harsh kind of like loves you but is also very disappointed in you and wants to encourage you but is also very discouraging in her encouragement and like you get it like it's all very human and you get it and it's it's over the top but it's also very real um i'm having no problem at all relating to some of the issues that are going on and i just feel like despite all the jokes and all the flips and all the skateboarding and stuff like it really rings true in a lot of ways um and i I do want to say i really want to put a spotlight on the writing the writing is fucking just like amazing it's so funny it's so good it's so insightful um i'm constantly laughing in this game and like a lot of the stuff the gags but also just the lines and stuff are really really good like i i'm trying to think of the last game i played that had writing as good as this and i'm struggling to come up with something um it's just really really good but like you said there are also x's in this game uh she jala has i think five x's five or six x's and when they hear you're coming back to town they kind of form this like evil villain super group and so you have to deal with them eventually but they do say at the beginning one possible outcome is you just kind of like grow up a little bit and become friends and kind of go your separate ways and it doesn't have to be a battle i think it can be a battle but i don't think it has to be so i'm interested in seeing how that goes um 
But just everything about this game is so colorful and bright and different and funny and energetic. And I got to say, like, I'm just I'm just like I'm laughing. I'm constantly laughing, constantly smiling. Every new person I meet, I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's hilarious or that's crazy or whatever. Um, and I haven't even talked about the RPG combat. Um, if, if there's any one weak aspect of this game, it might be the RPG combat, although that's not even really a weak thing. It's kind of a uh, turn based. You do status effects on people like, for example, you'll do like a thirsty insult on somebody to make them thirsty. And then you have uh, abilities that like strike at their thirst to do like extra damage or something. It's totally, it's funny and I like it a lot, but it is kind of repetitive. Um, There's not a whole lot of diversity in the moves. So when you start doing a lot of the combat, you'll see some of the same moves over and over. And there's not a lot of diversity in, in your approach to it, but whatever. I, that's not even a con for me because it's just like one thing that you do in this giant bouquet of like all these other things that you do and the vibe is so strong and it's so right-headed and forward-thinking and positive and just full of just like spirit and energy like i just i feel like this game is like giving me life dude like i love everything about this game i i I agree with you on a lot of points but i'm in a counterpoint mood for some reason okay Uh, i think it's scott pilgrim you you set me off i Um, I hit i hit a sore spot there it is sore it's still sore um is so thirsty suitors i like i agree with everything you just said but that combat you're right it why I have a, had a frustration with it, I'm not sure if it's different. It sounds like it's probably the same. But those kind of things you do, the moves you do, yeah. Uh, this is kind of a narrative game, right? So it's like uh, like the first ex I met, I, I, one of the moves is like to compliment them or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't want to compliment this guy for shit. Like, I don't like this guy. Right. I remember right. that first guy. I really didn't like him. And I was like, I don't want to try to date him. I don't want to do anything that's positive towards same, him. Same, Okay. Same. But it didn't let me. And so I was like, that's at odds with this game. Um, and so I don't know if that's with every X, but it, that did bother me. I remember being like a little upset by that because I was like, man, if this is so like, I like the world. I like her parents. I like the situation. I, I want to help her slash me. Um, I don't want to do these things with this person. Does that That's make totally, sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'm exactly the same way. I don't remember what it was in the demo. It might have been slightly different. But when you meet that guy again, I think his name is Sergio. He's like the first like ex that you meet. Um, you can compliment him or you can just make him mad or stuff. Like you can do different things. You don't have to play along with them. And like um, when I encountered him the first time, I was I just shut him down. I was like, no way. I got, but like, I tried to, but you can't win the fight if you shut him down only. I mean, it might be different in the demo. But in this, okay. when I'm playing the full version, you, you can win the fight. You didn't have to um flatter him or flirt with him or anything like you can just if you if you do their weaknesses you get through the combat faster but you don't have to right and so okay. i was like shut him down i'm like i'm not interested i don't care about you we're just maybe we'll be friends but that's about it like don't get any ideas i shut him down and then he was like oh, okay whatever yeah it's fine let's just be friends let's move on and stuff and it was it was totally fine and you have that choice with your other exes I, i'm just about to hit the the next x um on the second one Um, but I, you know, it's pretty clear that you can cultivate that relationship. So you can either let it grow if you wish, or you can shut it down and just make it like a friend situation if you want. And that kind of depends on what you feel and who you're personally attracted to in the game. So I like having options. I didn't feel forced to anything. And then later on, um, he asks you for like a favor so you can do the favor if you want. And then at the end it can be like, yeah, this isn't anything I'm just doing as a friend. Or it's like, oh yeah, we can start something if you like, but it's up to you. Like you don't have to, like, I, I think that, uh, that. The full version gives you more options than you had in the demo, which makes perfect sense. So I didn't well, feel forced anything. Well, that's good. And I'll put an asterisk and another asterisk for the show and say, I think in general, when we, cause we play all the, you know, visual novel dating games or whatever. Yeah. And it seems like it's just tricky when devs have to 
you know, right in the fact that you could potentially be with this person and court this person, it's like, I think I would like more like shutdown options. You I know? agree. I agree. Because I feel, remember that game we played? I We played all the games, but one of them, and I was like, I don't want to date any of these guys. It was like Boyfriend Dungeon, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was like one? making me date boyfriends, and I was like, but I don't like any of them, or I didn't yeah. like specifically that one guy. That guy was and a creep, yeah. he was creepy, and it didn't let me, you know? So it's like, I just build in more like, no thank you, you yeah. know, that's yeah. all. Yeah, that's fully all. agree. And I'm not super far into the game, but I do believe that you have options because... You can talk to people, but I didn't have to go on a date. I didn't have to initiate the romantic stuff. I was just like, no, 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 bro. Yeah, no, yeah. We're f- like friends. That's it. Like, we're move friends, on. especially yeah. the first guy. Sorry. Guys. Yeah, it was fine. So that was fine. But again, the combat, I think um, you, you can choose to combat if you wish. And so you can avoid it if you don't want to do it. Um, I think the combat is really funny. But after you've done it a couple times, you're like, OK, I get the gist. And then I think I'm kind of skipping combat for now and just doing story required combat because you meet other people like special boss battles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I have not felt the need to grind so far, so I'm hoping that stays true. Um, I like the story as it's just rolling along event after event. It's just like fun time after fun time, comedy after comedy. Um, And so that's what I'm kind of into right now. Hopefully you don't have to grind, but we'll see. I'll see as it goes uh, further on. But so far, um, Outer Loop Games, I feel like has absolutely killed it with this one. It's so fun. It's so high energy and like bombastic and funny in the best ways. And it's also real. Like I think the dad making dad jokes or the mom who very 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 like slightly warms when you kind of hit her soft spot and you're making food in the kitchen together and stuff it's like yeah man i really i relate to all that shit like it's yeah. real and human and it's also 11 out of 10 but it's also realistic and it's great they've they've struck a wonderful balance it i'm having a great time with it cool and i do remember uh yeah feeling that connection and that realism too so i like that it's like hyper real but then real real yeah exactly together so. yeah Thirsty Suitors, I'll circle back on it, but so far, absolute thumbs up. I definitely recommend it to anybody who's interested in anything I've said. And also, I think it's amazing that we're getting to see more South Asian culture incorporated. Um, that's something that we don't have a lot of in games, and I think it's it's long past due for that. So 100%. absolute thumbs up to Thirsty Suitors. Good, good stuff. Check it Check out for sure. Check it out. All right. Star Ocean, the second story R coming from you, my friend. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, if you remember, I uh, played the demo. And I liked it a lot. And then I got mad because it was like, it comes out in November. And that oh, was like that's right. It was going to be this yeah. huge delay. I remember that. I played the beginning of October or something. And so, yeah, um, what I did is I went back and played Star Ocean Second Story or Star Ocean R or whatever, like the first departure, which was the game before this one. Um, there, there is that kind of connection where like there's a character from the first game, uh, first departure in Second Story. So there is a connection there. But um, lo and behold, we got a code. And so I got to play it a little before it came out. Uh, it came out now, right? Is it out now? I have no idea. Yeah, it should be because uh, we couldn't talk about it last week because of the embargo. We can't talk about it now. So it must be yes. coming out either now or any minute now. Okay. Well, because I got to play a little early, I put away First Departure and it said, okay, let's just jump into it because I know the story of that one, first game. So yeah, this, this game is basically a loving remaster where they understood the story, they understood everything that made it really special, and they just enhanced it. Uh, it reminds me of Demon's Souls. Was it Demon's Souls? The remake? Uh, yeah, the remake. Yes, Demon's Souls remake. Blue Point, I believe. Yes, yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, th- beautifully redone. Like, beautiful. Like, it just felt like the version of the game that I thought I played. You know, that thing? The, the version you remember. In your head, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so this is like that. It's like, oh, man, the combat's... Very similar, but it just feels flushed out. There's this 
you know, it's, it's at 16-bit graphic style, um, ter- uh, action RPG. That's what this game is, sci-fi action RPG. And when you walk around the world, though, there's that, like, high-definition, like, uh, map and, and graphics around you. So you're not just in, like, 16-bit graphics. Like, Octopath Traveler is 16-bit, but it's, like, it uses that depth of field thing. This uses that same depth of field thing, but, like, there's actually, like, better, in quotes, better high-poly you know, higher uh, res graphics around you. Does that make okay. sense? Yes, makes perfect sense. I got so it's you. like you're not just in 16-bit world. You're like a little bit in uh, PS2 or whatever, 360 world, right? Gotcha. Um, I'm with so you. it's mixing those two, and it's telling the story better, and it's streamlined, and all the UI that you would want, and all the update quality of life stuff, and it's a fucking great game. Like, this is a really smart game. It's uh, It does all the right things when it comes to action RPGs, it's that thing where you see the monster on the field and you choose to attack it. And then when you do, it goes to like, you know, the scene where you're fighting and that combat is super addictive. It's uh, you have a dodge, you have a, um, is it like real time combat? Yeah, it's all real okay. time. And that's what those games generally are. Uh, the newest one that I talked about, the divine forest was, you know, the a really great version of that. And it's just, it feels new, even though it's old. That's like I think the best thing I can say for it. It's old. It has in generally primarily 16-bit graphics, but everything around it feels newer. The combat feels somehow tweaked. I think it might be that same kind of thing where like this is how I remember it, but it feels a little better. It's just I mean, even you, I'll say even you, um, you'd like action RPGs, but I don't think you normally would go back to old school action RPGs. Probably would not. No. Yeah, I think even you would really be addicted to the combat. Hmm. There's something they're doing that's special. I don't know what it is. And then there's like combos and all this other shit. I won't go into it. And then there's, oh, there's just so many. Um, a lot of the Star Oceans do this. A lot of like diverse uh, putting stat points into jobs and things like that. And you can really make your character different. Like then it's not just standard guy gets better, you know. Right, uh, right, right. It's like so you got you have diversity. You got diversity options. on how you want to. Do you want to really focus on crafting? You can, and you could just be you know really good at that. And all the different kind of different ways to upgrade yourself um, seems wildly huge, uh, really diverse. So you mix that together with really fun, compelling combat and a better version of this game. And the original game had a really cool story that I never finished. By the way, that's it. It's fucking great. Like, it's just great. I'm um, having a great time with it. And every time I get frustrated with Alan Wake or Spider-Man, I go back and play Star Ocean. And I go, you know what? And this is kind of what we'll talk about again in the last segment. There's a couple things that I like in games, period, full stop, right? And I'm going to ask you that, too. One of them, for me, is action RPG. Yes. And one of them, for me, you know, down a level, is action RPG old school. Like, I still have a place in my heart for a good 16-bit action RPG. You know, Trials of Mana was upgraded graphics, but essentially it was an old RPG. So that's something that I know is at my core that I still like. Uh, And that's why I love this remake. Well, before we get to that in-depth discussion that we're about to have here, let me ask you. So for someone who is not familiar with Star Ocean, maybe you haven't played the other ones or, you know, maybe you just or pop it into the PlayStation store and you see it in there. Like, is this a good place to jump in? Like, do you think that anybody who does not have any previous knowledge or maybe has not played 
the you know wasn't wasn't alive when the original one came out if there's a new person who's like oh what's this game about is this a good place to jump in or do you think they should start somewhere else for star ocean yeah i think it is and i'm glad you brought that up because depart first departure wasn't remade as as well or as much as this one mm-hmm. which is out now and people could be like oh that's a good place to start because it's literally the first part of this kind of two-part story um almost every star ocean similar to final fantasy is its own contained world <clears throat> So that's a short answer is it doesn't matter, right? Okay. And they all jump around in time and like, you know, chronologically, et cetera. I've done the deep dive. I know all the math and where things, you know, land in the timeline. But you don't need to know it. Um, then the, the even shorter answer is yes, this is the perfect game to start with. Because I would suggest this game, which by the way, it tells you the end of the first game story. It, c- it gives you an idea what Boy, happened. Spoilers, Wow. Yeah, it it and and again because it doesn't matter the the Star Ocean world doesn't care too much about that like connecting line, and that's why it's weird for first departure and second story to have that. Generally, it's like oh here's a whole new cast of characters. You get it? So it's yeah, like, yeah I get you. It doesn't you. matter, right? So it doesn't matter. Okay. So I think Star Ocean's a great place to start, and my suggestion would be Star Ocean, maybe one of the other games in between because some of those are pretty good, like Faithlessness and um, uh, Last Hope and stuff. But I would say go right to Divine Force after it. Because okay. I think that's a good combo, because they're both the same vibe. Yeah. All right. And Excellent. it's a sci-fi RPG. Like, it's RPG, fantasy world. You know, they're still trying to do magic and, like, monsters. But then people from other planets and spaceships land on planets, and there's sci-fi mixture. So other than Mass Effects, we don't get many of these kind of things, you know? No, that's very true. Definitely an underrepresented genre for sure. Yes. And so any sci-fi RPG I'm, I'm down for, and I think this is, you know, the pinnacle of that kind of style. Um, so, yeah, I'd say get this game immediately if you like any of the words I just said or like old school RPGs. And then go to Divine Force because it's a fucking great game. All right. There we go. That is Star Ocean, the second story, R. Mm-hmm. And you're on PlayStation 5? On PlayStation 5. I think it's a PlayStation 5 version. Yes. All right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thank you. Um, So that is the end of the, you know, official games coverage. But you said you wanted to talk about um, a a topic, a deep dive topic we can talk about. So uh, this is the one that you brought to the show. I will let you start us off and then we can uh, have a quick chat about it. Well, I basically said it this whole episode. Um, And I just said it just now. The foreshadowing was, um, you know, I enjoy... RPGs. I enjoy uh, traditional RPGs and action RPGs, and I'm you know as I do that and as I jump back to Star Ocean, when I'm getting frustrated by other games, there's a reason why I do that. There's a reason why you jump back to XCOM type games. Yeah. When everything else maybe isn't you know your cup of tea because it's like there's a certain vibe that you like. So my question was, what do we want out of a video game in 2024? So we're closing up the year. We both have played every game ever. Um, we know, like I just said, uh, there's a couple things that we like that we kind of go back to a lot. And I'll, I'll let you answer first and I'll answer. But like, what do you think is still a through line for you that will get you up in the morning, that gets you excited uh, about a video game that would be coming out next year? I mean, it's kind of a... This has kind of remained true for me for basically my entire career, I think. And um, it's one of the things that I think gives people the impression that I'm like really harsh or like really negative, which actually isn't true at all. I love games like I love games just as much as anybody does. Um, 
But the thing that I really like and the thing that gets me up in the morning is kind of highlighted in in what we've already talked about today is is like something new, something different, looking at material in a new way, new ideas, new systems, and certainly um, character. Like, for example, we talked about uh, Lamplighter. They have really great characters. Uh, Thirsty Suitors, it's all about the characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I find really, really fascinating and really appealing. Like any game that has a strong, well-written character, clearly defined, I don't even really necessarily have to like them, although it helps. But like if there's a villain who's doing bad stuff, but you you get why he's doing it, or maybe you understand what he's going through, or you know, you can make them identifiable in some way. Anything that has a really strong narrative, really strong character, I will be automatically interested in. Uh, but beyond that, I think just exploring new aspects of of what's out there uh it's always good to have a fallback it's always good to go back to the things that you like but i do like new spins on things so i mean again coming back to lamplighters it looks like XCOM, and at first glance you would think it's just an XCOM clone but that couldn't be further from the truth because it makes so many different changes and those changes are like what i'm really enjoying the most about that game where it's like seeing these systems work in ways that other games haven't done that like the choices that they give me are not quite the same and like that that learning and that experimenting of like, oh, so what is what is this concept about? Like, what are we really trying to do here? How does making this one change change the overall experience? Like, what kind of new experience can I have? You know, it's it's kind of like why I, you know, I, I can go back to an old movie that I like. I mean, I can watch uh, Big Trouble in, L- in Little China like a thousand times or I can watch Pacific Rim a thousand times. And I love those. And that love isn't going to go away. But it's not the only movie I want to watch for the rest of my life, right? I want to see new movies with new exciting things and new characters, new ideas. Same thing for games, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to just play the same thing over and over with, like, a new skin on it. And and that's kind of, like, I think where I get my 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 reputation is, like, when I play something that is just, like, every other game that I've played, I'm, like, whatever. And I move on and I don't really celebrate it. And just doing something that's got nice graphics and good music, but it's got the same formula, the same themes, the same motifs as like a thousand other games that that doesn't do it for me. Yeah. So uh, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I really want from uh, next year. And I think we've actually got a lot of it this year as well. It's been a pretty good year for that. But that's really more than anything. What I want is like a new spin, a new take and some strong characters. So let me break this down real quick because I'm going to break mine down as well. Okay. I think you said three things actually there. You said characters. You said systems. Yes. And then you said new take. Yeah. So that's kind of all three because the characters is seems like when we would we talk about games and reviews, a huge part for you. It really is a big really part. important, very important. Because you're yeah. like you're, you, I hear a lot of like reviews in my head right now of you going like, and the story, you know, and you're talking about the story and like, and these characters are so believable, and so you really are focused on that a lot. And oh yeah, super important to me. I think the new take is kind of part of the systems as well. It sounds like, you know, how do you make this game work? And, yeah. and, and is that interesting? And I just I just don't want to do something that we've already done. You know, it's just it's not enough for me personally. And if other people like it, that's fine. I'm not I'm not putting you know any hate out there. If you like what you like, then go ahead and like that. That's totally fine. But for me, once I've done something, I want to do something else. I don't want to do the exact same thing again. Right. Like yeah. I was in the mood for like an XCOM game, but I didn't want to play the exact same game again. And here's a new game. It's got a new spin. It's got, you know, similar things that are relatable, but it's got absolutely new new ideas, new approaches. And that's the same for anything. I play a 2D platformer, great, but I don't want to play that same platformer forever just with a new character or a new, you know, new yeah. skin on it or something. I need something something else, something new, something fresh. And I don't want to fight 20 bad guys in a row. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I can add that to the list. Um, for me, it's obviously what I just alluded to, RPGs. Um, there's something in that kind of making myself better, uh, improving myself, experience points, 
Uh, the idea that, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, our real world uh, doesn't have experience points. We just have to guess how we're doing, you know? Am I doing good today? Did I do good today? Who knows? Exactly. And Unfortunately, RPGs, it usually comes down to your bank account, right? That's like right. Your, your number one defining stat And these it days. should not be at all. I know. I agree. There's I agree. Happy value. There's XP in your relationship, all that stuff. So an RPG for me is a very clear, like, you know, I can jump over here and go, this is my character. Here's where I'm at. And here's how I just got better. Um, that's kind of how I, why I like them as much. Um, it is this kind of taking from the real world and moving into a fantasy world where I know where I'm, where I'm standing. I think that's kind of a unique reason why um, people like RPGs. Uh, the other one is obviously open world, which I talk about a lot. Where yes. uh, I don't want an open world just for the sake of it, but I want something that I do feel like I really want to explore and brings me into a place where, you know, it's another reality, something that feels real that I can be a part of without having to be virtual reality, just kind of a, you know, a place to explore. Yeah. Um, and then the third one would be first person shooter. I, I, I really kind of went back and forth with this one, but if you think about it, I mean, I guess that could be first person melee or maybe I just say first person, but I like the Far Cry games a lot. I like, um, you know, Dishonored. I like Deus Ex, you know, I like Skyrim. These are first person experiences where again, like an open world, I can really just kind of feel like I'm inhabiting this space. Uh, and I don't get the same from third person. I really don't. Alan Wake, by the way, too, is, you know, third person. Yeah. And there is something unique and why I think I've played every Far Cry game ever is because I do like being like I'm in that space in a first person perspective. I'll really quickly pivot to you and say, I don't think you like first person as much. Is that right? No, I definitely don't. You like it way more than I do. I do, yeah. not, do not care for first person. You don't care I mean, for I it think, at all, really. Yeah. I think a big part of that, though, comes down to the mechanics, right? So, like, I'm playing Cyberpunk, and I think that's great because the characters and story are so good. And I think that it is genuinely different in some ways, like when you have like some of your cyber powers and the way that you're able to kind of like um, affect the environment in different ways. I think that is it kind of clears the bar for me. Mm -hmm. Also, a big sci fi person helps. But like a lot of games, I feel like just kind of do the same sort of thing, like when it just falls down to just shooting over and over and over, like you're walking through, you're picking up notes, you're shooting stuff in first person. I just like I I don't see enough innovation in the first person field that it just it, it sours me on the whole thing. But that um, goes know, back like, to systems, doesn't it? Systems, it does, right? Yeah. So like when Metroid Prime came out, that was like pretty new. Like you're kind of doing Metroid in first person and the scanning and going through the map and stuff. That was cool. Like I had a great time. But then like they didn't really iterate very much on the second and third ones. And so I kind of got burned out on that. But a lot of first person games are just about the shooting. And I just, I don't get much entertainment or value from shooting. It's not interesting. But like with Cyberpunk, again, you you're, have these really in-depth stories, really cool characters, like really cool scenes, cool ideas that are like prevalent in sci-fi. That's enough to get me over that bar, you know? Mm -hmm. Something like that, I think, works. Um, otherwise, I just I just don't enjoy it because I just feel like it comes out of shooting all the time. It's really boring. Well, that's it. Yeah, it really, it comes. we're explaining it perfectly. It's going back to systems there because it's how you make that first-person game. Um, yeah. A good example is you did play Deus Ex with me, right? Uh, oh, yeah, Deus Ex. Yeah, I love Deus Ex. A couple of them. That's that a cool last one. one was really good, too. Yes. And, um, yeah, again, it was about the world and these stories and these augments, and it just felt like a kind of cyberpunk in a way, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really wasn't about just going and shooting a million, you know, bad guys. 
Um, there were bosses in that that were frustrating, though. I remember that. Oh, sure. But you could but, build your character different ways, interact with the character in different ways. It was not necessarily an immersive sim, but like there were elements to it. And so like it didn't feel like you were just running and gunning the whole time. Yeah. And then uh, it, going back to Dishonored, like that's not there's definitely taking out bad guys, but like there's different ways to do it. And I think Dishonored 2 is really well in that, you know, um, being stealthy or, or not. So, okay, so that's some pieces of what we both, like, uh, want from next year. It sounds like uh, those are things we're looking out for. But I'll add my last piece would kind of be another um, follow-up question, which is the other thing that I always talk about is I want uh, pushing of the envelope when it comes to game development. Yeah. I don't know if you're as, uh, uh, you know, um, what's the word? hardline on that as much as I am where like I just want more and more and more and better AI and better physics and it just wanted to feel more like a real world and you're over there playing games on your switch and you're like what who cares yeah, I, I don't care in the least like in the those least. things if they're if they support the game great but that's not what gets me up in the morning that doesn't excite me like I think for me the value that I really get is in the conceptual design of a system or the writing of a character or the new idea new theme some kind of new concept being explored. And very rarely does that really depend on like cutting edge technology. I find right. that that, you know, usually when you get cutting edge technology, it's like flashier, shinier, faster, you know, and not to say that those aren't good experiences. And again, if anybody likes that, that's cool. I'm not judging anybody. Like I'm just speaking for myself here, but the things that I like don't do not depend on high tech at all. Well, let me, yeah, let me uh, explain my point. Um, uh, judge. Uh, I feel like this is turned into that now. Make your case. Make my case is um, it's Phoenix Wright all of a sudden. Uh, Objection is, is um, one. You know when I'm playing Alan Wake two, and at some point when you play it, um, the graphics being better is a gameplay feature or something. I don't know. It's it is an additive because they do things that feel like Twin Peaks. They literally, I mean, they must be have watched The Return a lot, season three, because there's a lot of that in this game. When it comes to, like, uh, explosion and graphics and something that's a jump scare. By the way, you don't like jump scares, but there are jump scares in Alan Wake 2. No, no. I know. And it's just, like, visual jump scare or, like, they they uh, overlay, like, three maps on top of each other just for an effect. They're doing things that, again, on the system, on a high-end PC or on PS5, um, you can do now, right? So with that comes new experiences. So that technology does matter, you know, and it does change the kind of game itself because I, you couldn't have done that in Alan Wake 1. Yeah, and I mean, if there's a use case for it, I'm all for it, but, you know, I don't want to do it just to do it, you know what I mean? No, no, and I'm, I, yeah. I never want anybody to do anything just to do it, but I, that's why I'm saying I, <clears throat> I, this is what I'm looking forward to, right, and that comes to the future. The other thing I'll say and this will close it down, was is Ultima 7, which I bring up, uh, I don't know, every other episode, you know, that was pushing the, the envelope when it comes to every object in that game, almost every object in that game was interactable. Yeah. Never had have I ever seen that before when I played it. And how old is that game? It's like, what, 20 years old or something? Something, yeah, super yeah. old. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can pick up the fork. What the fuck? And I can put my backpack? Are you kidding me? Like, that was crazy. So um, GTA 6... Perfect segue, uh, some leaks came out again, and they were showing off stuff, you know, better physics, blah, 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 but then they were saying that every, this is the goal, every building will be explorable. Oh, man, that's like a dream come true for you. It's a dream come true for Carlos, yes, but at the same time, that's that other thing that I'm looking for, because it's not just 
a nice to have. I mean, other people might think of it that way, but that is that immersion thing that every time you go up to a, a building and it's got a door on it and you can't do shit to that door, it breaks the immersion for me. Right. You know? Right. I go, okay, that's a video gamey building that has nothing inside it. But if you do this simple thing of going like, okay, you can go in every house and there's like random shit in there and it's not like, you know, and it's not a mission or something, but it just fucking feels good to me. You know, I go, wow, fuck around with the TV for a minute and I'll leave. Okay, cool. This is a real world I'm in. See, that's funny. That's where we differ because I know that's a big thing for you. You, you comment on it a lot. And for me, if it's in service to something specific, but I only want it used in very limited cases. Like I don't, um, I, like I don't care. I seriously don't care. I want to get to the next significant thing for me. I don't really care about like if I can go in every door or if I can go in every building because then it just means like it's wasted time or like unless it leads to something. I mean, if it leads to like a side quest or if there's some interesting conversation that happens or if there's some value to it, great. But if it's just there just to be there for the immersion for like for you, it's a big deal. And that's totally fine. And I respect that. But for me, um, I get why it's immersive, but I don't care. And I would probably walk by all of the buildings that they took the time to model because if there's nothing there, I just don't give a shit. I want to get to the next thing that I'm doing. Follow up question. Um, what, what is it? What do you call the judge? Your, your honor, your honor. Yeah. Follow up yes. question. Your honor <laughs> is, um, when you go up to a building in a video game then and you can't open the door, but you can open the, the door next to it, that doesn't yeah. bother you? Not really, because I just figure like, oh, whatever. I just I want to get to where I'm going and I don't want to get lost. And if they're just closing this off when I get there, then who cares? Classic example, by the way, is a GTA game. I think it was the first one or second one. And you threw a, uh, a rock at every window and, and none of them did anything. Yeah. But there was just the one window broke because it was a story bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I don't know. That's for me, it's exciting. And kind of to drill down lastly is that, yeah, of course they can make story bits in those houses too, right? They can make random AI NPCs and a story, a mission comes out of it. So they could do that. So that yeah, could if, there were, if there was value, I say go for it. But if it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like playing something like Far Cry. Uh, no, that's not right. Just Cause. Just Cause 3 or was it 4? Did you yeah. play those? I played yeah, all of them, every single yeah. one of them. And one of them, like, the land was so fucking big, dude. And it was huge. And they're like, we made the biggest in-game world ever. And, like, there just wasn't much there. Like, there was, like, miles where you could go where there just wasn't really anything there. Or, like, you know, I I don't care. I don't care. Like, make it a smaller world, but I want it to be uh, feature-rich. I want there to be something there for me to do. Like, a dense, a density, kind of like we saw in Elden Ring, right? Where there was, like, a secret around every fucking corner. And it really felt rewarding to search. I don't want something that's just like, it's just there to, to be big. You know what I mean? It's got to have purpose to it. Your Honor, may I also <laughs> exhibit A is, I think you're talking about Just Cause 4. It could have been that five? one. I don't know if they've only I'm made I'm not four. sure how many there are. But, but the, the, I think 4 was the one where I rode a tornado, which, by the way, was fucking cool as shit. Yes. I've never done that in any video game, but I literally surfed a tornado. Um, that game you had such traversal that it didn't matter that it was huge. Like, you could get around fast. And also, I will uh, exhibit B, there were different biomes, and there were missions in every section that you landed on. So if you fell to the ground somewhere, uh, I don't think it was... It wasn't as empty as you're maybe thinking, because there was always bad guys and bases everywhere. Yeah, there's it just felt like Far stuff. Cry. Yeah, it was yeah. cookie cutter stuff. But, I mean, you had... Yeah, you had, like, fucking, like, fighter jets and stuff that could scream across the world at high speed. But, like, but why? Like, it, you... You need to, you don't need to, all that space. You don't need all that traversal. S- like size it down. Like make it yeah. more dense and rich. I mean, have a jet for fun, 
but like not that I need one to get from point A to point B. And I don't want like the filler missions, like the Far Cry, like, you know, outpost takeover stuff. Or there were too many outposts. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it was just stuff. But the but, wingsuit but, yeah. was fun. Anyway, I think we're going to have track here. But. All right. Well, that is uh, what we're looking forward to in 2024. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a good topic. Simple. Very easy. Yeah, and we, can, us, and, you, and we can see after this episode what, how we differ. You and I differ when it comes to games. And everybody oh, yeah. has their own version of that. Oh, yeah. I think that's very true. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, we often have different takes on a game and where we're not just, like, either agreeing with each other all the time or, or whatever. Because, we you know, we get different things out of them with yeah. different perspectives. And so I think that kind of gives a little little spice to the show so yeah there you go all right that is the show just a couple things before we wrap it up here um carlos you got anything any any non-games related stuff you want to talk about before we bail one game related thing and then two non-game related things you bastard this I is know. not the part for this game is not related. the part i'm i'm exhibit c your honor oh my god all right i'll allow it what is it the game is this bed we made the one i was talking about in the beginning of the show i just looked it up it's called this bed we made it's got like four out of five stars on playstation whatever that means Solve a 1950s neo-noir mystery as a discreet hotel maid. I'm in. Huh, I don't know if I've heard of this one. I'm going to look this up. I'm fucking in, dude. I'm going to buy it tonight. What, Are you and kidding it's a me? 16-bit kind of thing? Or what no, is it? not at all. It's like high-res graphics. Like, oh, okay. Like Until Dawn style. I don't... Huh. I This one must have slipped past my radar somehow, but it is Q4, so I don't know. All right. Dude, it's like a murder mystery. Okay. And then also, everybody fucking needs to watch bodies on netflix it's on my okay? list it's on my list I, I i you know that thing where i don't want to t- set expectations too high i'm gonna say a word right now and it's gonna set expectations too high so close oh, your man. ears if you don't want to hear it Brad. what is it it's a masterpiece oh shit you just set them so high dude that's the highest i can say they're it. so high it's a perfect series oh snap he said the p word and it's a masterpiece Yikes. Okay. All right. It's All special, right. man. It's fucking special. Challenge accepted. We're and definitely going to watch it. It's one of those things where like when it's over, you go like, oh, I don't have any more now. I can't watch it. And I'm so, I loved it so much. Fucking crazy, dude. Started tonight or whatever. Uh, and also Pluto. I'm starting tonight, which I heard a lot of good things about. It's an anime on Netflix. Check it out. I've heard nothing about it. What's it about? I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Cyberpunk. I think there's cyberpunk in it. That's why I like it. Okay. Pluto and... Bodies. Bodies. And what was the game you said? This is Bed We Made. I'm buying it tonight. All right. It'll be on next um, week's episode. Quick shout out to a comedy special on Netflix from comedian Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's called, I think it's called I'm Not For Everyone, something yeah. like that. Did you watch that one already? I haven't watched it, but I know him and I've listened to his podcast and yeah, yeah, I've forever yeah, yeah. followed him. This was recommended by uh, Mike Susky, a uh, good friend, Mike Susky, uh, and he was correct. It was a very funny laughed a lot um definitely pete holmes is pretty offbeat when it comes to some of his humor he's got this really kind of like weird self self-examining humor like when he's on stage he's like workshopping his own jokes in the middle of it and it's kind of this weird presentation but it was quite good we really enjoyed that a lot um we watched the five nights at freddy's movie did you see that i did too yeah what'd you think um, it was okay. I'm not the biggest FNAF fan. My son is the super fan. And I felt like I felt like um, Blumhouse did a good job with it because most people that I know who like Five Nights at Freddy's are kids. Um, most people are like young teens or it seems to be still continuing to be very popular in that demographic. My son's 14 and like all of his friends still think it's really cool and fun. So I think they did a good job of like not making it too scary, not making it too bloody. Um, he felt pretty satisfied after he watched it. It wasn't my cup of tea exactly, but I thought it was fine. Yeah, I was I wasn't mad at it, but I felt like it was a horror movie for kids, and that's basically what I got, and I think that was appropriate. So, what did you think? They cut that body in half, which is weird. 
early yeah. on. I was like, that's gory, and that shouldn't be in this. Because either going to go one way or the other, you know? And I feel like they kind of It was jumped. like in silhouette, though, wasn't it? It didn't show blood. Yeah, it they didn't. Like it did. Silhouette, yeah. So it was it was weird. I was very confused. I mean, I enjoyed that I saw it, because it reminded me of Future Man, because what's oh, his yeah. name's in it? Um, Josh um, Hutcherson? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, yeah. He's great. I always like what he does, and I liked him in Future Man. So it felt like that, like Future Man the movie, kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's just because of him. Not but nearly it, as funny though. I got no, say. no, no. It's more of like a, a, a serious vibe, and it's it's a drama. Really, this this movie's a drama. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. And so it's kind of sad. And I was like, I don't know what I feel about this. And then it wasn't scary, scary, but it wasn't funny, funny. So yeah. I didn't know how I felt afterwards. I was like, I watched it, um, but I will say this: I liked Willie's Wonder Willie's Wonderland better. That was remember, man, yeah. I saw, yeah. That's when Nicholas we talked Cage, about right? the show, yeah, and yeah, and, it, and he doesn't talk the whole thing, and it's, it's basically Five Nights at Freddy's, but it's weird. I don't know. I it's super it. weird, and it's that one's definitely not appropriate for kids. No, I mean, it was, no. It, they're both good and they're both weird, but yeah, I feel like um, it was kind of a middle ground with FNAF. It was like you said, it wasn't too scary, it wasn't too funny. It was kind of in the middle. They kind of focused on the story about the kids and stuff. So, I mean, it was fine. It was fine. It was I think fine. Uh, they did fine for what it is, and I'm not mad at it. So, I guess whatever. Yeah, I wasn't too invested. Um, watching Goosebumps. Are you watching Goosebumps, right? I am. I stopped it for a minute because I did get a little bored in a way. What really? Yeah. Uh, tell me, what did you finish the whole series? It's not over. Oh, okay, because it's still going on Hulu. Yeah, dude, I had no idea. We thought it was. Uh, I don't know. We got our wires crossed, and we thought it was a six episode limited series it looks like it was because it all came out at once i feel it like. looked like it was yeah. not the case so we start watching oh. it we we mainlined the whole thing in two days had a great time we get to episode six and we're like okay getting ready to wrap it up and they're like wait a minute this isn't wrapping up at all what's going on and then i look it up it's actually 10 episodes and they're not out hmm. and i'm like fuck i hate this waiting week to week bullshit so we got caught up in a rush for no reason and now we got to wait. But I think it's great. I think it's really fun. I think it's a good update. I think it strikes a good tone between funny and scary. I feel like it's very modern and very um, just very hip and cool. And I think it's really it's a good time. We dig it. I never read the books, by the way. They were a series of books, right? I've never read the books either. Okay. Um, and I just thought like, I know I'm like poo-pooing on everything right now. But um, I think I did the whole episode, actually, <laughs> besides Star Ocean. Um, is is uh, I feel like it's doing that thing where it doesn't know what it is because it sometimes it gets really creepy and dark and bloody kind of in a way. Yeah. And then it's like a children's thing. A children's oh, is wrong. No, I hard, hard disagree, okay, dude. Not children's. Hard. I should say young adult. No, no, no. I, I, I think it knows exactly what it's doing. Really? I feel like, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I also got bored because I felt that they were going too many different directions because they're doing an anthology almost in a way, but also it's all the same story. Yeah, yeah. I and then I didn't, I really didn't like that fire football thing. And that, again, I hate anything that shows a bone breaking for no reason. Like There was a compound fracture. You don't need to show that ever, by the way. I've seen every <laughs> movie, every show that shows it, none of them are, are valued. Like there's no reason you get out of it. You just feel bad. And by this the way, I broke my bone fucking that bad. And people who've broken their bones like that, it's almost like a trigger. Um, I, I I really feel strongly about this. You I don't got think feelings. they should. I well, you, have you broken your arm that or leg that bad? No, I have. I almost had a compound fracture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Almost doesn't count. If you've seen the bone come out, it uh, was it was it's stretching a PTSD the skin. thing. It was okay. almost broken out. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think they should show that on TV. It's like that's totally know. fine. I respect that. Anywho, I don't know. I got a little bored. I thought it was. I think it's great. I think they know exactly what they're doing. They're hitting a great horror comedy vibe. 
I think the writing is really sharp. I think the pacing is good. We love the show. I think it's, it's very, very good. I, I want like to jump lot. back in because I want to give it a fair shake. Um, we're also almost done with Extraordinary. You liked this one, didn't you? Watching it on Hulu? It's the, the Right uh, now, I hate everything, so I don't know. Let me it's see. the TV show about a world where everybody's got like mediocre superpowers. And oh, the main I character, fucking love that series. Main, okay, good. The main Finished character is, it. is the only person who doesn't have a superpower. Uh, Do you not finish it yet? We have two episodes left. Okay, that's a special show. I love yeah, it. And it wraps sh- up great. Yeah, the show's really good. It's really funny because not only is it talking about just everyday walk of life kind of stuff, but also it shows like... If everybody had superpowers, number one, it wouldn't be awesome. It would be terrible. And also, people are schmucks and like they would do dumb stuff with their powers. And it just is really funny to see a lot of these like really dumb, mediocre powers and like how it would just be boring after a while. And it's just, it's just a very yeah. unique spin on superheroes and powers. I think it's really great. It's, it's really funny too. The guy gets stuck in the wall and his butt's out. Oh my God. Yes. There's just like all these strange powers. The guy who can hear really well, but everything is way too loud for him. Oh, or like, so you know, good. the lady who turns into a magnet like every 30 seconds and stuff. Just like these really like, annoying, stupid powers. And it's just, it's really funny. It I makes think superheroes it, human in a way, right? It's very like, much so. Yeah. Very much so. So Extraordinary, that's on Hulu. Finally, um, just want to give a shout out to uh, Formo Toys. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but Formo Toys, I believe it's a three or four person company. They just started two years ago, I think. They're all people who grew up with He-Man like I did and they are He-Man fans like I am and they started their own toy company and they are kind of um I no disrespect but I mean they're definitely tapping into that same vibe like the the scale of the figures is like the five and a half inch scale the same kind of um aesthetic and vibe one of the people in that company actually does art for Mattel for actual Masters of the Universe so Mm. he does the real He-Man art and he's doing this as a side gig so he's got like legitimacy there everybody else is like a fan and um, their figures are coming out finally. They, they got a Kickstarter and they got their company off the ground. I pre-ordered all their stuff like two years ago and they had some, you know, COVID issues and then shipping issues and like all these other issues. But they just posted a picture today of their warehouse. They finally got all their boxes in stock. They're going to send some stuff out. It's very exciting. I haven't been excited about a toy line uh, as excited as this I have in quite a while. So just nice. heads up. If you are a He-Man fan, you like 80s toys, action figures, anything formo toys it's it's like when somebody who is a true fan of something goes on to do their own thing and it's awesome because they know what makes that thing awesome um their figures look immediately awesome and i'm just so excited i cannot wait for those figures to get here i'm going to set up a shelf going to put them on in special shelf all for them but a heads up if you haven't seen formo toys it's called legends of Dragonor. uh the toys will be available in america like any minute now and they've got more coming very exciting stuff if you're an action figure fan so check it out and Check that's going to do it for me. Carlos, anything else? Just to say that this bed we made is on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and <clears throat> S and PC, uh, not Switch. I think it's the high graphics. And it got a 9 out of 10 in some places. So wow. this is a sleeper hit. I just downloaded it. Uh, and How I'm much was it? 10 bucks? 15 bucks? 20 bucks? No, it's 25. Ah, that's over my that's over It's my over your little th- limit, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'll, a, keep I'll try it for us. It. Yeah. I'll wish list it. Yeah, all right. All right. All right, folks, that's the show. Thank you very much for listening. Before we close, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to ask for you to leave us a review, share us on the socials, and most important of all, recommend us to your friends. And as always, we love to get your questions and comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up individually. Carlos, where's your traffic going this week? Glitch to the ground on TikTok and YouTube. Awesome. As for me, I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Blue Sky. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 361. Thank you so much for joining us here 
on the Soviet Games Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week.